3: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another
1: episode of the Team Never Quit podcast. We have got a house full. Our friends over at Lone Survivor Foundation are hanging out with us today. What's up, guys? Hey, hey. Hey, how you doing? Good, 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 good. Hey, we got John Spike Garcia, who's retired at the rank of Senior Master Sergeant after 26 years of honorable service with the U.S. Air Force. We've got Clayton Clay Cook, who served 10 honorable years as a U.S. Marine. Welcome to the show, guys. Got a Marine sitting next to an Air Force
2: guy with two Navy dudes. And another guy in the corner that we can throw shit at. This sounds like a army dude. Start a a joke. What do we need? Coast Guard. So we got
1: corporate and the cult.
4: Yeah.
2: (laughs) I'm a politician, so
1: you're all screwed. Farmer. You're all screwed. (laughs) There you go. I'm the farmer. Well, we kick these things off with an icebreaker, and our Patreon question today is, what is the most terrible movie that you love?
2: Oh, well, well terrible movie like we, whole, we My
1: brother and I just happen to be talking about that. <laughs> so, so it, it
2: all depends on what genre, possibly, but some of the most epic movies that we will never, ever turn off, like I even make my wife watch them, was Jim Cotta. Yeah, Jim Cotta. Oldie Buddy Goody. You guys ever seen that one? No, sir. All right, we were talking about Brotherhood of the Wolf today, which is just absolutely impossible to get through today, but... A American month, Ninja, s- like Remo Williams... Like there's some good '80s flicks, right? That I uh, just kind of like Bruce Willis's movie Hudson Hawk got voted worst movie of the year, and it's like one of my favorite movies. Big Bruce Willis fan.
1: How about you guys?
4: He said Bruce Willis. I'm thinking of that old movie with uh, Richard Gere, The Jackal, where it Great just movie, it yeah. was crazy movie. Yeah, Jack Black's it first movie didn't make That's sense. What it was. that was
5: his I Jack,
4: was Jack about first that movie.
2: That I couldn't I couldn't remember, man.
5: That's I right. have to say mine is uh, Team Miracle World Police. A bunch of <laughs> dolls running around blowing up fl- stuff. I mean, it was... American when's the, last, classic time you, when's right the last time you watched that? Oh, probably like couple months ago. Uh, it was on the other day. <laughs> yeah. All
2: the way through. I had, but I have clips on the, on the TV. Oh, yeah, man. That was a, that was big in 2005, right? We, we were eating that stuff up. A buddy of mine were wa- watched a like movie Team America. a couple weeks back, and he goes, you know what? I haven't seen this movie in like 15 years. And I was like, I remember why I didn't watch it again. Because <laughs> was, this was how bad it was. And I'm t- I can't remember which one it was. But we talked about like Bloodsport, still a great movie. Amazing movie. like um, American Ninja. Oh, No Retreat, No Surrender. Yeah, that's one. No, a you guys, house, you right? ever seen that one? Nope. They not. Van right that's Van Damme's, Van Damme's first movie. First movies. Concepts great. See a lot of people man, don't, don't like. Big, lot, a lot of people don't like Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, dude, what, what who go, says that? That'll go back. That'll go that's down. Good. That'll go down one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah, Kurt it's Russell. a cult classic.
4: Yeah, nobody Both says the <laughs> beginning of the genre. Yeah, of cult right classics.
1: There, what do you got? Drop Dead Fred. Oh, that is an old weird, weird movie, but really good for some reason. John, I think you got one, right?
3: Uh, Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: a great movie,
4: man. Vote for Pedro. Yeah.
1: So, one of those ones you watch the first time, and you're like, what is this? And then you watch it more, and you're like...
2: I had it? to watch Night at the Roxbury like 50 times to get through it the first time. Then, it, then I was, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't turn it off. Some good ones. Real it good took times. me a little while to get through Wayne's World.
1: Dude, where's my car? Like I,
2: I, walked, I think I walked out of the theater. And then finally, and same way with Napoleon Dynamite. I, took, I had to watch it a few times. Which what is about cr- well, boring? What is that, right? The people like, I didn't like it. Why would I do it again? Oh, try, if you're buddy, it's your buddies, right? No, you got to watch it. It's great. And then, then sure enough, man, it, it, once that hits you, you can't, can't yeah. turn it off. I think that's
1: what was so funny about Napoleon Dynamite for me is because I took people to see it, telling them it was the best movie ever,
2: and then would watch their reaction while they watched this movie that was not funny really. But until I got it on like DVD and would watch it afterwards, I, I think that's the moment where it became like a good cult classic for me. But before it was just a joke. Like I'm gonna tell people this movie's great and take them to see it and watch the reaction. It was not. <laughs> well, I think what makes a cult what makes it a good classic is the one line. Like if you when people start saying because the scenario it's scenario based. It was. It yeah, was,
0: was funnier yeah. to quote that movie with your friends more fun funner funner okay we grew up
2: in waller just watch out i sent you that harvard stuff man look out get out of here Harvard. wear my harvard hat i didn't have my harvard tie on today
1: well guys welcome to the show man we're excited to talk to you guys because you know we've got a long relationship with you guys and i think a lot of our listeners out there don't always know the difference between lone survivor foundation and team never quit so spike why don't you kind of tell us a little bit about the foundation
5: well the foundation started back in 2010 uh Marcus whenever you came back and said our veterans, brothers and sisters, are going to need help with more than just the physical, but also the mental health. And so, obviously, that's whenever the foundation was started, uh, well, you know, twelve years now, and we're off. How about that? That is fantastic, <laughs> right <laughs> there. Hey, ten, in. Yes. You know
2: what I'm talking about? Like we're putting out. No, I kept. Good job. I mean, well done. When, sorry, I saw, I mean when I but saw but the I just... Lone Survivor Foundation moniker in Washington, D.C. At, at Reagan International Airport, I was like, <laughs>
5: we're going places. We're big time in it. It, it big works. Big time Absolutely. Yeah. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And so offer post-traumatic growth programs for our veterans and their families. So regardless of where that veteran is in the country, they apply. They're suffering from the symptoms of either post-traumatic stress Mild traumatic brain injury or chronic pain, they're eligible for the program. So it is fantastic. And I'll tell you, I've had fellow veterans have gone, through, you know, personal friends that I know have gone through the program and say, this is a life changer.
2: How long is the program now?
5: 12 years now.
2: The program's 12 years long?
5: Yes. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lifetime. <laughs> no, how long is the program itself? Oh, the program itself. It's uh, six days long. <laughs> okay. Right. Yes. And you guys are one of the only ones that, patri- that, uh, that, kind of repatriate the families together that is correct where- so there's so many that is just for the veteran uh, or for an era and for us it is the the veteran the spouse and school age children and it doesn't matter when they serve and the other thing that changed this year is that you don't have to be uh combat deployed you if you served then you're eligible because i mean you have you have you guys have property down in galveston and you have a new property in North Carolina, correct? Right, the new facility to open up in uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. There are a lot of you know bases in, in that area, right there. So there's a oh, yeah. large population, and then obviously the Camp Coyote in Huntsville.
1: Yeah, that's a big that's a big addition.
5: Yes, it is.
2: It's interesting to see because I remember when Mark was just kind of talk, kind of shop talking this foundation back in the day, and then how it just went from nothing to. That's the difference between the two eagles, right? The the lone survivor found. you see somebody walk around with a gold one. That's your military, and they've been through like our version of Hell Week, but it's reversed. Like pulls you back through hell. And uh, that's how I it came came up with in my head. And then the the team never quit. Eagle. That's you know you've been in the t- trenches too, kind of deal, but just done all revolve around the military. Do other services like in the Navy? If you if you screw up, you're as an enlisted guy, your 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 rank stays red. But if you if your service is Good after, y'all do that? After 12 years, it goes gold. Maybe he's the only one that does that? Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> no, you guys, years, y'all know never that? I've
4: seen it even in the Marines, no.
2: Y'all don't do that either? Oh, no, if you see an old salty master chief walking around with red red, red stripes, red, red, red rank, you're like, yeah. You're okay, now screwed. that makes
4: sense because I've seen pictures of that before yeah, and, and some, always wonder what it was. yeah, uh,
2: Some of them have gold. So gold are the guys that don't mess up, gr- guys and girls that don't ever mess up and get in
1: trouble, and the red ones are like. <laughs> and
4: they always have the most yeah, service stripes on their uniform. That's it. Yeah.
1: So what makes the LSF or the Lone Survivor Foundation differently than, you know, different than some of the other organizations out there for veterans?
5: Well, we, you know, one is we uh, provide a holistic approach, right? So uh, you have that in addition to that, we, we address the entire family. And that is huge because if you're suffering from, you know, post-traumatic stress, you need any issues you have as far as visible injuries, it doesn't affect just the veteran. It affects everybody around them. Mm-hmm. It affects the entire family. And so by us offering those, those programs, then it helps the spouse to understand what the veteran's going through and then how to, to uh, cope with that. And also the children, but for them, so they know how to talk, you know, to understand what mom and dad are, are going through. So that is unique in what we do in, in the fact as far as, you know, we have clinicians uh, that are there and, you know, as far as the different programs, Alpha STEM, uh, just different things that they're going through, the educational classes. That in itself, I think, is a different approach. There's obviously multiple ways, but this is what the way that we found that's most effective for the, the program that we offer. And I'm telling you, there's so many testimonials out there saying about how it has made an impact. Well, have yeah, you remove
2: life. them out of their element. You pull them completely out of their element and put them out here. That means so whatever the problem is is going to come to the front. Everything because you removed everything else. So I want to talk to people. Sorry, Clay. Go ahead. Oh, no, I
4: was just going to add that uh, it's one of the only programs that I've ever seen that does the accelerated resolution therapy that I had never heard of before last year, and that's one of the things that everybody gets the most from. Uh, When I went through it, I got more out of three hours than I had in 18 years of medications, therapies while active duty, inpatient stuff through the VA.
2: I think starting to figure out that doesn't work like that kind of, I mean, you got to just, it's all symptoms and putting oh,
4: yeah. out fire. You're not addressing oh, yeah. the trauma that caused it. So that's the only one of the, that I've seen that actually does it. And is that effective?
2: So when I, when I describe home survivor foundation, to people, and I try to put it in terms where, where even the military folks, especially, but their spouses and the family members can appreciate. So if you have the, the the veteran, that's what we like to consider in the military, like in a combat zone, the X. That's the problem. That's the hot spot, right? But you have a primary, secondary, and tertiary ring of effect. So the that, that, that veteran is the X, but the spouse is the first ring of effect that is affected by what that veteran is going through. And then you'll have the friends and the family members on the secondary ring. And it goes, all oh, the ripple effect can be can be felt forever. And then it goes out to their businesses and their coworkers and so on and so forth. And by repatriating what the Lone Survivor, does, the Lone Survivor Foundation does so well is when they sit to bring the family members in so they can understand more of what the veteran not only – because they know what they're going through. But once the veteran goes through a treatment mo- or a modality and there's a change – the spouse and the children need to understand, so they can continue to assist in that change, and that way they can assist the other family members in their business, their the people that they work with, and people in the in in and around their wherever they live, and say, hey, look, you know, John, Mike, Steve, Laura, Sam, or whoever's coming back, they're a little bit, and that helps them. Because when you send somebody back to where they came from, chances are they could slip back into that deep dark depression where they were, because the environment's still there. But if you have, if you have those rings of effect helping, it's more beneficial, and that's what nothing that the Lone Survivor Foundation does. You agree with that? Oh, very much.
4: I mean, everybody's number one wish when they come in, I want to be a better father, a better husband, and there's no better way than to send the. Participant through the program so they get the full effect, but then later on to bring in their family so they can experience it and the treatment and the therapies focus more on them, communication, understanding what the veteran goes through, and ultimately they get that, that overall satisfaction of, I am doing this to be a better father, better husband.
2: It's like a boot camp. (laughs)
5: <laughs> it it is. is.
2: they don't. They trained us so hard to get in and then when the wars kicked off two of them and everything like our generation it was weird man we kind of got thrust into a different realm couldn't be any time put into us rotating out because shit man we're, the wars weren't over trains still going down the, track. the still going down the you know what I'm talking about so we had to do that and it's just lessons and experiences that, that we, we went through by ourselves I wonder if there was a truncated time frame. Yeah, you know the Lone Fire Foundation kind of assists with this, but if there was a truncated time frame, you know it's how long is Marine Corps boot camp? It's three months, right? Thirteen weeks. Yeah. Thirteen weeks. That truncated that truncated time frame that uh, applies so much pressure to break you down and make you a Marine. Imagine if there was something on the backside that broke you down and made you a civilian again. How beneficial would that be? It took me five years to figure out I wasn't in the seals anymore. Hell, I, I didn't even think years. I ever got out. Like, I had to take – in my head, I had to say, well, I just got pulled off the line. I'm undercover. And I got assigned to that woman to give – you know, to watch after them kids while she raised them to facilitate. That was my new mission. My new well, – like, if, if – because if you, you know if you was in the team room and the, and the sergeant came down and he's like, hey, here's what you got to do, man. I'm going to need you to marry that hot chick right over there. <laughs> and, you know, just play like your husband raise those kids, make protect them. Can you do that? You know, you'd be like, where do I yeah, is that extended duty? I'll damn sure do it. No bonus.
4: Oh, okay. <laughs> we're, <laughs> good. we're good. We're good. I wasn't yeah.
2: growing my beard out. I'm all Roger that, man, I'm all over it, man. And I, I had to sit there and cause you can't my wife's the admiral. You can't argue back with that. So no matter what she says and how she says you just gotta be like, oh Roger that, yep, cool. And I and I had that that's how I had to teach myself how to be a husband. I didn't know anything about any of that, man. I had to team guy the crap out of it. And that's the only way I got through it. And then and asking people. Like you, you see some like some squared away guy doing something, you're like, I am not above stealing that from some somebody. I'll tell them too I'm like, Hey you want to borrow that? I'm sure it's all yours. You can you, you can use it. Thank you. Thank you, man. And I we don't when we get in we never stop learning. That we're eager for that. For whatever reason, I don't know what they do to us. I've been doing this long enough now to when I, I see the pattern. That's that's what we notice. Like you, we we just see a pattern, right? And and when you, the cool part is, it's almost like you were put on a path you know about right when you signed up. That kind of pushes you down this direction, and we all follow each we follow each other. Good ones, we keep in touch, man. And it's just like you wind up in the same damn scenarios, even though they're telling you it's almost like, hey, I don't want you to have to go through boot camp, but you got to go through it. You just have to go through and, and get it done. And then, so just always tell yourself, man, I never got out. I had to stay in. I had to stay in. You know, I'm institutionalized, right? And then take it from there.
5: How many candidates go through LSF year, annually now? Uh, over a typical year, it could be uh, several hundred. Uh, so there's different programs. You have the individual, the veterans, uh, the uh, spouses, family, uh, couples, and then families. So those are uh, scheduled throughout the year at the different locations, and then they're going through. So it's a progression uh, as far as uh, when they're going through it. And there are times when a uh, vet says, you know what, I've already been through it. I need to go through it again. That's fine. Or you have to do that in the military.
2: Yeah, like we 18 delta something. I have to do refreshers. That's what we call sniper qual. I mean everything. Hell, we have to do it all the time. The, I think the worst thing that happens to us when we get out is they break our routine. Like man, you just, I don't. You just couldn't. You can't do that to a, not a not combat guys. Like we were listening to somebody earlier talking about, man, you know, I don't know why I'm, um, I kind of isolate myself. I get up, I go to the store, and I come back. And I was like, that's what we did on deployment. You couldn't do anything else. You had to get your ass up, run to the next building, go get something to eat. And you, you don't think getting in that pace right there. And, and the next day, literally, that was what, what blew me away. It was like the next day you'd have, you'd, we'd be home having to, having to blend in. Well, it's hard to blend in, man, when you're going that fast. So the and there wasn't anybody out there to slow us down because we came out at different times, like the, one by one. It wasn't all together, man. That, he didn't do it. They didn't do it that way. So no decompression. She <laughs>
3: couldn't do nothing. Yeah,
2: you had nobody to talk to. It, not, you know, I hadn't thought about it in a while like like that, but you know that's difficult on us guys, especially when you gear us to be together, and then you just separate us. I guess that's how you learn how to appreciate appreciate your team. And how you learn to really love each other is, man, when they pulled us apart. Because think about what they, where they sent us. Man, when they sent us back to the beginning to fight, all, uh, all that stuff, man, and it just uh, an enemy with no face. Can't believe what you're capable of now. We're just here. All the guys come back. just dormant. just laying. We were going so fast, it's almost like they shifted gears to shut us completely down, not slow us down, shut us down. And now you got the guys just, you know, we're coming back. It just takes time. It's practice. Like uh, how long did you serve in the Marines, Clay?
4: I did 10 years active and two in the reserve. So in the middle of my uh, last deployment, my wife at the time became ill. And as soon as I got back from Afghan, I had to take emergency leave to go from San Diego to back to Midlothian to uh, take care of her. So I didn't get the 90 day decompression or any time with the unit after we got back. So from there, when you're doing a hums transfer, you can't re-enlist active duty. And there were no infantry in Fort Worth, just the reserve base with the air wing. So I went straight to the reserve air wing. And the only thing I could do was in the S3 shop as a marksmanship instructor <laughs> straight from Afghanistan. and so long in the grunts, it was not a good fit. Uh, yeah. I definitely had to calm down. But the one thing I great about uh, the lone survivor foundation program that i've seen more than anybody else is the follow-up when other groups and retreats say hey we'll check in with you see how you're doing later some of that follows through but you know we do 30 day six months a year they offer refreshers say hey we've got some new things do you want to come back and try it and they'll uh they'll shoot emails text messages and some guys that may be struggling a little bit
2: more will Try and stay in more communication with them. What's LSF looking looking like in the very near future, as far as programs, you know, staying with what you got, or any, any anything coming on board that is new and cutting edge to be beneficial? Or
3: we're actually looking at a a more portable neurofeedback machine. I've actually got a meeting with a, a neuro NeuroPeak. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've heard about that. It's a lot cheaper than the the old neurofeedback machine, because we you know, we did away with that in our program because it was so expensive and the insurance didn't cover it, the VA didn't cover it, so we eliminated it from the program because it's costing us all this money and the veteran couldn't even go home and utilize it. 36 to 40 treatments of it and they couldn't pay for it, so we got away from that. Well, now there's a new uh, new equipment out there, so we're looking at that. Maybe putting that in, in the program, and that's covered by by the VA. Okay. So mm-hmm. that worked. The brain mapping. Yeah. And we put equine back into the program. Oh, you got rid of it? Well, we did. It just wasn't working at Bolivar, and we didn't have a place in North Carolina to do it. Mm-hmm. We do now. We're
2: how many acres North Carolina ranch?
3: Uh, well, it's forty acres, but thirty-five of that is a lake. Even better. Uh, it is. It's, we need some work on the dam, which is to, to the tune of about a half million dollars.
2: Mm. Some real work. Right they up. don't call that work. They call it engineering. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and because the dam was breached, the environmentalists up in North Carolina, uh, all the hoops you have to jump through to even get it approved. Uh, so it's kind of sitting there dormant right now. North
2: Carolina, who's the congressman up there?
5: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know who it used to be. It lost. Clayton, how, how'd you actually come across the, the foundation yourself? Obviously, on your journey, you, you've gone through the programs, right?
4: Yes, I have. So when I got back from my deployment in Afghanistan in April of 2011, I did the transfer, and I came back, and I felt myself being very isolated I went down the path that most guys do of the self-medication, the avoidance, the deep depression, all the anxiety and and everything to do with that. And in 2014, on Veterans Day, a buddy of mine that I went to Ramadi with in 05, he had just witnessed one of his buddies, you know, go down the path and become, sadly, one of the 22 veterans veterans. They, you know, take their life every day. So he started a nonprofit called 22 Until None that does all veteran suicide prevention, crisis intervention, and we just try to spread resources. So as soon as he started that, I jumped in on it and just started taking phone calls and contacts. So after doing that for about six years, we started hearing about Lone Survivor Foundation and the retreats. And they actually offered us a program if we could fill the spots. So we had guys apply, we vetted them, and we filled it up with guys from the nonprofit members for 22 Until None. A good buddy of mine really needed some of the stuff from that program, but he didn't want to go alone. And I started listening to uh, some of the things that they were doing, and especially when I focused in on the... ART, the Accelerated Resolution Therapy, I focused on that because I had tried the EMDR, which is the bilateral stimulation, but it left me in a really bad place, and I didn't touch it for three years. But I heard about that new treatment. I said, well, not only can I get my good buddy to go, I can actually get something from this. And when I went to the program last August, there were two staff members from Lone Survivor there, and they were refreshing and updating everything they could to bring down to the Camp Coyote facility we opened up in March. And they would heard what I was doing with veterans already. And once I completed the program, they said, hey, would you be interested in coming down? I said, absolutely. And it's kind of what brought me to the program and, and being a team lead.
1: That's awesome. How did, your, how did ART go for you specifically?
4: Oh, like I said a while ago, uh, I got more out of three hours, three sessions than I did in like 18 years uh, of therapies, medications, different kinds of therapies, and diagnosis of anxiety disorder, adjustment disorder, depression, and then all the symptoms that come with post-traumatic stress. I was able to focus on like the top three most traumas that I had, which were all combat related and knock those out. And the way that therapy does is it leaves you in a positive place at the end. So you don't deep dive into anything they can't pull you out of and you leave every session in a better place. So for me, I had worked on, knocked out those top three traumas and I left in a, in a, in so much better of place. Mix that with uh, the yoga I did it was probably the most calm, the lowest blood pressure, heart rate, everything I had in in years. And the great thing also is they found me a therapist back home uh, when I came back to Dallas that was trained in it, and I was able to make a chronological list of dates from the first one to the last one. And we're just going to, through those down the line. And I'm still continuing. I do a session once a month.
1: That's awesome. Where were you
2: out of in Ramadi in 07?
4: Uh, Gov Center, downtown. Oh, Mich- Michigan and Central. Oh, I you know where that is. Ugh. Oh, yeah.
2: We were there all Frickin of those. Gov Center, man. All through 07. <laughs> <Matter> <laughs> facts, 07. I
4: was there in 07, March to November, during the we AMBAR were transition. Yeah, yeah. We were, that was April to we October. Yeah, that was my platoon. Wh- that was did the the whole. Did you D come milling. in? When
2: did y'all come in off an? Of, did y'all come in off an of Ard? What, what, what freaking battalion were sucker? Three seven. Three seven. Dude, I, L-. got, I man. I wrote some stories about y'all in my journal. <laughs> I had a lot of fun running with y'all. Matter of fact, he was at a shark base. I was at a Crigador. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was uh, the troop. I was one of the. Unbeknownst to most people we were there at the same time. We just we were different spots. Yeah, they wouldn't let us live together in the beginning. Man, you know how bad that place was, man? It sucked, man. That's where, like, 05, 05 to April 06, and you couldn't, you Anybody know. says it were my boy, that's what I call us, man. As soon as I hear that from them, and those dates, I'm like bro, especially that time frame that you were there, sucked. Yeah, but to go back
4: there a year later, they were doing during well, yeah, the, awakening, the
2: marathon and all that. So yeah,
4: I mean, I took well, my platoon took like eighty thousand sandbags off the roof of the Gov Center. Some of the same ones that I had put up there. I was so mad, bro.
2: I remember <laughs> that we would we're sitting out over Shark Base and the guys, if we hadn't been out in a while, and if there if anybody wanted to go get into anything, and we'd avoid your place. Because y'all, y'all, every day, they'd be handing y'all's ass. I mean, I, there was always something going down out there. Always something going down. You could hear it. I can't believe they stuck you there. <laughs> yeah. I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing. That's funny, man. That's good shit, bro. That's a hard time right there. Right? That's the first time I got shot at since the mountain when we were walking through there.
4: Anywhere around the ghost center, you couldn't, even with all the camionetting, you couldn't... if. You weren't walking anywhere. If you went no, out and no, covered, no. you were zigzagging. Yeah. And you were bomb bursting out of trucks.
2: They were sleeping in their armor every night. And the freaking. they would try and kill us. They got pretty creative the way they would try to kill us. I was impressed sometimes, like with the 18 wheelers that they were driving there with all the. Blow With the chlorine. Yeah. <laughs> but the, was. They used chlorine pucks instead of the chlorine. Uh, Granular. Granulars. <laughs> there all you it. Right, digress. Sorry. I'm, Saw that on yeah. there. I had to blow that Looking out. back at it now, I mean, I was freaking. That's a beautiful city. They're running, doing foot races I and looked, festivals. I looked at pictures
4: a couple weeks ago. It looks like part of the strip in Vegas. They have lights, neon lights, signs, hotels. Really? Every, oh, yeah, downtown Ramadi, Gov Center, and Route Michigan.
2: So in 20 years, should we go back? Uh, good. Huh? Let's, yeah, let's cool. not
4: say we did. <laughs> I was
2: like, oh, cool. <laughs> Isn't that good? You know some of the World War II guys I like going back. I was like, I don't know if I'd ever want to go back there, mm. though, man. They're nothing in common. They're absolutely nothing in common.
1: So I've actually been to a few of the retreats just to, like, talk to the guys, and we've done some videos and, you know, interviewed them, and it seems like a lot of people really enjoy the yoga aspect of the program, which is, I thought was pretty interesting, I guess, just because I don't think that, you know, when you think of, like, SF guys, SF guys or veterans in general yoga would necessarily be, like, hand-in-hand. Hand. What about the yoga is such a pivotal part of your experience? I would never
4: tried it, but when I did, uh, I would just come off a of knee surgery, uh... And I started out doing chair yoga, but they have different kinds of yoga that can adapt to different injuries. But I remember the first day we tried it, we had 12 in my group, and the noises that were coming <laughs> right? out of that small room with the yoga instructor talking and with the mantra music playing in the background, the pops, the noises, the yanks. And it was everybody's first day was really tough, but after that, we started doing it in the morning to wake up. And then we do what's called yoga nidra at night, and it's just a decompression exercise and diaphragmatic breathing. And a lot of guys fall asleep right there doing the yoga, and then we quickly transition them to bed so they get a good night's sleep.
2: You can't believe what this—I mean—and I mean, and I don't know why I didn't focus on that earlier. I grew up in the martial arts, and those of us that did and grew up the way we did, I mean, even when, we, when you would go running or when we would go diving, I mean, you're breathing. You don't realize how important that sucker is. But that's actually why you have a meat suit, right? It's just so you can breathe in it. I mean, that's what we're doing down here. And I, if somebody would have, like, sat me down and like, hey, look, if you focus on this and, like, you stretch, stretch this thing out, because, I mean, you only got one of them, right, and then show it some attention after you get done beating its ass all day, I mean, you, you can't believe what that does because it will also hold stuff in. Like if, you, if you're if you vibing somebody real hard, man, and you're not ready for it, and you capture that, whip your, you can't believe it. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. It'll, I mean, it'll you work it. the
4: diaphragm and the core, and that's one of the biggest muscles in the body. That helps with digestion. It helps with your Everything. breathing. Yeah. It,
2: it's a you tr- can't believe it. When that sucker shuts down, I mean, it's all, stop. Like, he and I get these debilitating hiccups sometimes, man. If you ain't ever had them. Yeah, that's, it's, whoa. We call Some them exorcisms. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, there's my my wife thinks it's a Tyrannosaurus Rex lives inside me, man. It's freaking. <laughs> <laughs> Spike, well, I, ha,
5: sorry. How did you come to know the program? Well, uh I'm in in Houston. I'm pretty well connected when it comes to veteran uh events, recognition, military. I've been doing that for over 20 years now. So, uh actually they were searching for a director of donor relations and the at the time the executive director called me in and asked me to come in and and interview. And so uh, I said, you know, first of all, I'm pretty well connected. I didn't even realize that the office was in Houston. So we can't be the best kept secret, right? You know, it's great work that's being done. Let's get the word out there, especially in our backyard. Uh, increase the footprint of so that veterans know what the program, you know, the programs that we offer. So uh, going on actually next month before my four year anniversary with the foundation. And so what I'm trying to do is increase the awareness, going out, giving speeches, uh, making people aware, make, letting veterans know how to sign up for the program. And uh, then also on top of that to raise funds so that uh, we can continue to provide our programs at no cost, which is huge right there. You know, uh, we don't accept the insurance, you know, in for the veteran to be able to say it doesn't matter where they're in the country, in the rural part. Hey, we'll get you an airline oh, ticket. We'll oh. pick you up. We've been doing this long enough now that
2: tenure end is important because what happens now is what it produces because now we got people out in the field and the more successful they are, I man, turn back as soon as you see that eagle on your chest, man, and somebody else coming through, it, re- it feeds itself. You guys having problems with kind of donor fatigue or just sheer economies? Bogging the system down a little bit. Right, have, right, got, everybody got to be. I mean, John you know. had a really successful golf tournament recently, didn't you? Yes. Uh,
5: we had you know, Blue Jack National, which, you know, it was a success. We could do better. I think uh, next year be oh, great. Oh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. We that talked was... about what
2: we were going to do, uh, oh. switch some of that stuff up. You still cool with that?
5: Oh, man. I that's
3: going to be fun. Oh, car? Okay. I like the car. The car idea is great. For that.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. I was sitting around the last couple of years, you know, COVID broke everything down, right, and broke it open. I'm like, man, what can we do? To mix this sucker up, right? Just to have when guys, when you hear about it, I was like, I don't care where you go, make sure you play in that sucker.
5: And then the invitation, right? Like, you can get uninvited. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, there was one thing with, uh, with the with economy right now. I mean, it's you know we have some of our uh, monthly donors that are having to either reduce or cancel this time because of you know inflation and you know just you know hitting their uh, hitting our pocketbook. Uh, you know, so for me, there's a lot of great you know charities out there. This is the one that I'm with that I believe in, and and so this is what I'm dedicated to to go out and you know raise the funds so we continue to do the great mission. Good. Yeah, what's uh you got something coming up fundraising wise in the next foreseeable future? Yes, uh, we have uh, on September 10th we have the Lone Survivor Annual Gala, which will be at the Woodlands Resort. At Woodlands? Yes. Okay. Yes, and our guest speaker is uh, Joey Jones, uh, Fox News contributor. Uh, dude, and- he cracked me up the other day. So, I'm sorry, man. I just – when
2: you hear his freaking name, he, he was sitting on TV and he had a short sleeve shirt on, and somebody would comment on how, how in shape he was. He's like, well, I, have to, I can skip leg day. <laughs> and I, I, I was half-assed paying attention, right, man? I had a cup of coffee, dude. he made me laugh so freaking hard. That's Yeah, that's good stuff.
5: And obviously he's from the team Never Quit. Uh, you know, <laughs> so we appreciate him uh, being our uh, – you know, guest speaker
2: keynote, sure, there you go. Yeah, Joey's he's had the sat the way it's going with the satellite the campuses,
5: teams that you run into on our
2: travels overseas, run into it, and the college campuses that's really something, man. It just it grows and perpetuates something good like that. Just keep it going, keep it simple. I'll tell you what, if nobody, if you've never been to it, and this is for all the listeners out there, if you've never been to a, a lone survivor gala, it's a it's a black tie event that's something you need, you know, it's a, a good bucket list, and if you've into have Joey as a keynote speaker. We're, we, first time we ever met him, was, he was shortly out of uh, D.C. Young, no way, I mean, just kind of a uh, country boy from Georgia. Yeah. And now look at him. He's a Fox News contributor. Same way with, yeah. Just Same way with Hexeth. Both them dudes, man. Like friggin'. That's a great never quit story right there. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, that's good different. to have him. I'm glad he, I'm glad he agreed to do that for y'all. Yeah. Now we're talking about doing. Um, oh, that's off topic. I'm sorry. I start thinking about ideas for the charity events. I want to do that one at the bowling alley, where you like hire hire a live band, somebody, and then cater that sucker. And then each bowling pin, like if they knock it down, they got to donate a, a certain dollar amount. Or if they don't hit it, they kind of switch it up like that. No, 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 no. Whichever one you leave behind. Right. However, I said it. You know what in hell I mean. My point with that is, <laughs> I love is blind. <laughs> <laughs> But uh I've been thinking on that one and the way we're gonna
1: switch out the golf tournament, man, is just to make that sucker unique, man. Spike, we got a lot of veterans li- listen to the show. They share it with their, their you know, family, friends. And so obviously there's a big veteran audience that we that we reach. How do you know if you're a good fit for the programs that you guys offer?
5: Well, there's actually an assessment. If you go to LoanSurvivorFoundation.org, there's a self-assessment that you can take that is uh, right there on, on, uh, on the website. So if you're not sure, there's a list of questions there. And it's a matter if you're suffering from those symptoms. You don't have to be diagnosed. You know, there's a lot of people that don't want to go to the VA and get diagnosed for whatever reasons, but... That is why we don't need a diag- – uh, you don't have to be diagnosed by the VA if you're suffering from those symptoms. You, you already know have. it. Then that's it. You're eligible for so the program. So come get fixed, and that's, that's and it. It'll it. also show
2: up to you. There's certain things in life, man. You start like somebody says something to you about it, or you hear it more than – especially three times. Like, man, I, yeah, you'd probably be a fit for it. That's a, that happens, man. That's that's a real thing.
5: And here's the thing. This is not a handout. This is a hand up because the vet has to say, I want to go through the program, yeah. sign up for it, Go through the program, difference maker, and then they're gonna be eager. Like, yeah, you yeah. know what? I need to bring the family back. I mean, to it's this. it's it's a coddle. It's not a coddle session though. It's kind of just get your ass back online.
2: It's what you need, man. It's a, you know, thump in the head, whatever you want to call it, man. It just it's different for everybody, but the same. You li- do you live in do you live in Huntsville now? Oh no, I'm still in Midlothian. You drive, I travel, I drive, drive down, down for me, yeah. Oh, I know where Midlothian is.
4: Oh, our our hardest problem in the country right now as vets is to break that stigma of, and we were talking about earlier where the difference between team never quit, lone survivor, never quit, you know, to me in my mind is having that resiliency to keep going and breaking that suffering silence and, you know, the ability to ask for help. And then... That makes you
2: an operator in the team. Like you go through the foundation. First you go through combat, you come back out. It's set up just like when we get out. It's just like special forces program. Like you gotta roll through one of them to get to the other, and then there are guys when you and gals when you get in, man, you, you sit back and do nothing. And then there's the operators, like they'll sit up and tell you, hey, this is what happened to me. It's not a problem. It's it's like a it's almost like a phase we had to go through. When we're in, it, it sucks. And he's like, yeah, I got a problem. I'm going through buds, you know, stuff like that, or I'm going through boot camp. Hell yeah, I got anxiety. It says part that's part of the freaking program. So once I get out, you know, I gotta unwind from that. And that, that, so what we did is we redirected the the way you do it. And sure enough, yeah, one, one of those fees the other. Is that all you doing these days, or you got something else online too? Uh, I work uh, back in the areas area, I still do a
4: little bit of marksmanship instructing, uh, a little bit of private security stuff.
2: Because there's being in the military, and then there's when we were in. That's just completely different. You know, our generation, man, we had to go so hard and fast to thank two wars, and the guys who trained us, I mean, you gotta, I, we don't, I don't think we even know what that created yet. I think because yeah, we after that they put us through all the the hurricanes and then the the, the biblical snowstorms and then we got sick together. I I you know you can't make them battle weakened not if they live through it and they get battle hardened right we say that so I, I I can't even I can't even wait to see what has, this has done to us because
5: most of us are just trying to figure out our paths. a lot seems to be all right. and that's it you know whenever people uh, they transition to. Uh, civilian life, veterans, veteran. There's a lot of vets, you know, that don't want to admit that they have an issue. So the the need continues to increase because you got the 20 year war, you know, winding down. And how long does it take for a veteran to admit that you know they need help? I know it took me over five years. Right. I, well, I say for every 10 you're in, it's two to detox,
2: and then back that up a little bit. I mean, it's not a. I don't. I, it's almost to the point. Like I man, I just don't. They don't know how to say it. We're not, they, we gear that out of our head. So, guys, like, he, you know, he don't talk about it. Like, well, it's because we know how to say it. Because we, we learn how to talk different. And that's why your boys can just see it on you. They don't have to, you're not going to say nothing. Hell, you walk different. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, when them guys come in, man, you know, I mean, immediately, man, especially if they're painted up. You know, you know we know exactly what we're looking at. We speak a completely different language, and everybody down here and everyone knows that. Right? It's just when you're dealing with something outside of that and how to communicate that. and, and it's just the guys to, it takes time for them to learn the language. And then ultimately it wasn't a program. We had to develop it. So we're you kicking ass. Because yeah. you get guys like that running the show when he says he's connected, we, I got the head mafia dog right there. If I could run the <laughs> program. <laughs> you know what I mean? So and we, we line up. It's not like fall in line. There's a difference between like leaders and followers and, and the military is different, man. It's more of that family attitude. Yeah, I fall in line all right, right where I'm supposed to. And my pay grade, my rank, my age, and everything, especially when we're all together. And when we get apart and somebody starts pulling their deal, then you can do your specialty. But other than that, that's how it works, man. And the more
4: guys we get through the program, the more it passes around uh, to their buddies. That, who go yeah. Well, we talk. Thing. That's
2: how we – no one can pass info like we can
1: What's a good way to approach your friends, you know, whenever you know they're struggling? and Because I feel like everyone's kind of ready at some point, and sometimes well, it's, it's not the right phases. time, right? That's the one thing we've been learning. you got guys of different rank and ages and have gone through. the man. you can see a kid
2: coming out and be like, oh, he's in this phase. And you can tell him what it is and how to get and help him and everything like this. You still got to go through it. yeah. And, that, and that's a rank thing. It's like, well, it's cool at this age when I was – we were talking about that too, man. There's stuff when we looked at when we were at that young rank – when you get older, it's just like, no, we just we already did that kind of deal, but you still have – the guys have to go through it. And that's what we were putting together as a transition process. There, there really wasn't one written out. Yeah,
5: I think I, uh, most people who – that I've talked to as far as vets, it has to do with a friend or a family member oh, yeah. that's one that they listened to and said, you know what, maybe I do need to get some help. It's usually not the program that they're saying, I want to go through this program. It's usually the first step is either – you know their battle buddy, friend that they trust, and so that's why I say if you know somebody that's suffering, just make them aware about the program. Let them know. Let them know what you see, and that that's what happened with me. As far as you know, I have friends tell me, "Hey, I think you know I'm seeing this, this, and this." So that's what's important. Then you get them to the program. Yeah. It's almost like it shows up. Like you would never even
2: heard about this unless you're, you're unless you're supposed to, right? I mean, think about all the program, everything, and there's so many different facets of the, every, how, what goes into life itself. And when you rotate out of the military, it's the same thing. So if, if something's showing up to you, then that that, that, that kind of lets you know.
4: Yeah. Nobody will call you out more yeah. than a dude you served with
2: oh, and, sure. and <laughs> tell you the way it
4: is, whether you want to hear it or not. But when they have something, hey, man, I went through this, and I was able to get you know this from it, then that opens up the door. Oh, you know, man, like my buddy dude. didn't want to go. Unless somebody went with him.
2: That's the best. There's, you know, war is t- terrible, right? We, but, I mean, the, the freaking camaraderie, what comes out of that? And it's just those buddies. They don't give a damn who you are <laughs> or what, how much you got or whatever, man. They'll just freaking straight line you. And I, I don't think it's, it's not a on purpose because they don't know any better because of what we had to go through, where we've been, right, or had to go back through. Whatever that was, man. Whatever we brought back with us, frickin' changed everything. So, it's cool now, looking back and looking into it. Well, see where we're doing, see where we're building. And the beginning was chaos. That I mean, freaking maddening, man. I don't know how. I mean, well, look how many guys are dying. Yeah. Well, I will tell you, right there. I mean, I. We got the best among us, the best, brightest, smartest. You know, them the dudes that aren't making it through there.
1: We didn't, took us some time to to get this thing controlled. What's that week look like? I mean, I know it's probably hard to explain with you if you've never experienced it before, but if someone's going for their first time, what can, what can they expect?
4: So we do pick us from the airport and transport to Camp Coyote here in Huntsville, Wednesday afternoon. So Wednesday afternoon is just getting everybody acclimated to the environment, especially down here. It's Heat and humidity that most people have yeah. never experience. We we'll bring you here to kill you first. Yeah. You know, we're gonna heat you we're up. We're gonna go put here. you into the sauna. And
2: <laughs> like, where the hell do you bring me, man? <laughs> I thought you were gonna so,
1: help me. <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, so we bring them in, uh, get them acclimatized, have them start pounding water, uh, and just relax Wednesday night. Everybody introduces themselves. They they already start forming, you know, the the of camaraderie of each branch, each time. And then Thursday morning, we'll kick off with the equestrian therapy, which is right literally right down the road. So everybody just walks there. And then they do four hours of equine therapy, which involves grooming before riding. They actually jump on and ride for about three and a half miles, four miles. Then they groom and cool down after the ride. Then they do trust exercises. Uh, with the horse, on a lead rope and then without a lead rope. Um, After that, then we'll start getting into the actual curriculum. We'll start going through post-traumatic stress class, mild TBI, chronic pain. And then Friday morning, we'll bring in the accelerated resolution therapy uh, therapists, and they'll start... Breaking half of them will go through their therapy sessions. The other half will be in yoga or in classes. And then we just flip-flop that schedule. And it's you do have some downtime in between some of the classes. Sometimes it's needed, especially after a session uh, of therapy that you brought up stuff you didn't know you were going to be able to bring up. So they they do have some downtime. And they, we also have a few outdoor games, even though the heat is so bad. You know, we got Redneck Golf. We've got... Uh we got a guy bring a little golf tee and guys will sit there and putt. Uh when we have a family program we had water guns for all the kids. So we made a little John Wick display on one of the tables. That's the thing about the
2: water. Normally we have a bunch of water around because it is so damn hot. <laughs> yeah. John Wick display? Yeah. yeah that's
4: great. <laughs> Took a look, you know, I made it all put the pistols in yeah. line. Here's the Super Circle 1000.
2: Yeah. Oh, Here's Super were... 3000. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know who does it great? It was the Iron Man um, 3 when oh, Hammer okay. comes down. And he goes, let me tell you what I got for you. This is my rock bottom. Line. This yeah, is the ex-wife. Yeah, the ex-wife, yeah, dude. <laughs> How about that one? Uh, that was hilarious.
4: <laughs> Sunday, it ends up, we, they do the last session, and then down here in Huntsville, we've got the Hearts Museum, which is a veteran museum there in town. We'll load everybody up in the cars, and we'll go to a museum, and then Sunday night, we t- get together. We do the kind of, not graduation ceremony, the completion ceremony, and grill out some steaks, and transport everybody back to the airport Monday morning. But every night, uh, one of the best things behind the equine therapy is we get together a big burn pit outside. Have you ever seen the the structure out there that we use for the burn pit? Oh, which there? facility? The Camp Coyote. Uh, the big octagon, uh Okay, this guy custom made this specifically for you. Yeah, yeah, I heard about it. I hadn't seen it. I mean, it is, it is wicked. It's huge. It's octangular. It's got different sides, and it's got engravings on the steel. Team never quit. Uh, lone Survivor. Oh, I ha- okay. I days. have seen this.
5: Yeah, yeah. Was,
3: got at the bail, guys. was at an auction.
2: So, uh, bro, they're, they're, they're getting pretty damn... That's real cool. Yeah. So we get when together... that sucker fills up full of those coals, till you can see it for a while. Oh, yeah. I've got some awesome pictures at night. But we get together... Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about.
4: We get together at night around that burn pit. And we, uh, we just sit there and shoot the stuff with each other. You don't necessarily have to tell, you know, intimate stories, trauma stories. We just tell jokes. Uh, It's it's especially fun when we have the um, the generational gaps between Vietnam vets and Iraq vets because our humors are different.
2: Completely. Uh, You're talking about because you got the storms and shields in between that. Yeah, that's my favorite. I, that's what I loved about teens is reunions, right? And guys who started to show up That And I, I think that comes with age, too. Like the VFW, like I got interested in that. I think that just comes with time. Yeah. And the, the cool part is there's a lot of the younger guys. I don't, man, let me tell you something. You guys out there in, the, in uniform right now, you're sleeping, get your ass over to the VFW and sign up. Sign in, let them know you're there, just in case they got to recall us for something. Whatever. Start hanging out with your boys. Oh, and there's this. When you move back into a town, your neighbors aren't going to come up to you. They're freaking terrified of you. Your ass get up, go to your neighbor and meet them and be nice and let them know what you're all about because they're not going to walk up to a vet. Everyone thinks we're so damn dangerous. We are, but I mean, so I'm talking to all the boys and girls out there in uniform. You get your butts up and go out and be nice to people. You have to do that. I mean, it's... It took me forever to figure that out. I was like, none of my neighbors. I don't know any of them. Someone just never come over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, they won't step foot in here. There's booby traps everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you got to get up, go meet them, man, and just kind of because you're the protector. If you're in the neighborhood, man, they didn't know where you're at, and they won't bother you. And they'll come. The only time they'll come in is they need something. Though they will. Oh yeah. I forgot that neighbors, because we. That's one thing in the middle. We always have that. It's right there. And then you get into town, we separate. I don't know what that is. It's, I mean, it's not like it's hard for us to meet somebody but we do do that yeah. it's almost like we're putting us back into an Iraqi village or something it was, it was that, that kind of mentality, the same thing happened to me I never talked about that out loud I think what is that, why does that happen to us that's weird right but for whatever reason somebody forget, told me man, they were like "Get you, just go meet your neighbor and just be nice and in the supermarket be like overtly like hey how you doing and then they'll think you're crazy and mysterious, yeah. and refreshing, <laughs> and there's all kinds of this weird stuff that goes along with it, but who cares? I, I mean, mean, they uh, look at you, they see tattoos. Dude, tattoos everywhere, beards are all grown out, guys, you know, all huge, Like, I mean, all of our guys are freakishly big and scary looking, by design. You no, know, they're the most polite people. Nicest guys, let me tell you something, most of the veterans, if you see the scariest looking ones, are probably the, 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 they're probably the nicest dudes and they will hurt you if you if you want that part but usually them them guys are the nicest yeah yeah it depends on which one you want you can pull any,
1: any one of them guys you want out of them man but that's the cool part is discipline i love the origin too of like so much of the program you know like the equine therapy you know marcus's mom growing up kind of pulling that part through the programs i think is really special
2: we ain't not time to think about anything else yeah you got a wild ass kid put him in a wild ass horse they calm down, man, and you don't got anything else to think about because that sucker is way smarter than you You know. That's one of the first things
4: I ever heard before I went to the program is your testimony saying the number one thing that helped you when you got back was the therapy, the ranch, and the horses.
2: Put my ass back to work. I mean, it. I, I kind was hobbling around doing some stupid stuff, man. She cut she me no slack. That's where all that comes from. We say equine therapy, that's a fancy way of saying get your ass out of work with the horses.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> that's what that is man we got some cows out there too like we had a long extended program where you just like cowboying you really want to forget your problems go back to old school and jump on a horse and go cowboy you forget about everything that's what happened to me
4: i said and the horse can tell you pick you apart emotion wise better almost well as well as better as a service dog
2: oh yeah that's that's a real thing. I mean, they can. You're pick around, and ponies start freaking out about somebody. They don't. They're bad. They, they don't like them. That's a problem. Yeah,
1: they'll.
4: They can sense <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anxiety. That's a, that's a problem. In
1: <laughs> fear
2: from people. Put that in your mental rolodex.
0: That's
2: <laughs> crazy. With like dogs with discipline, sometimes will sit around. They start yapping or whatnot. But the ponies, especially,
1: they don't. They don't even play. I won't even mess with you. Spike, what can we do to support the foundation? Obviously, you guys have y'all's gala coming up. But what else can our listeners do to support you guys? One is
5: uh, share the information, right, about what we do. Uh, if, if you know a veteran who needs help, or if you're a veteran needs help, you know, sign up for the program, let them know. Uh, obviously, we do need fundraising. You know, if there's a, an event you want to put on, uh, raise money, et cetera, I mean, they can reach out directly to me, and I can help them with that as far as what that looks like. Uh, but, yes, it, you know, to me it's the three things. One, you know spread the word to there's a vet that's in need or if you're a veteran that needs to program sign up and then is the uh fundraising piece yeah we take care of our own watch out for each other
1: amazon smiles another great thing Amazon
5: smile you can sign up for that uh there's uh also uh, a target that you can also sign up for uh you know so there's multiple ways to do that
1: nice i mean
5: the fact that the
1: program is free to veterans i mean i think that that is what makes you guys the most special you know and that's I think that's the significance of the the fundraising aspect of this. You know, I understand that a lot of people get fatigued when it comes to like people asking for money, but whenever you see the impact of what you guys are doing, I think it's pretty tangible. And I think that really it should make it a lot easier to be open, you know, to
5: giving to what you guys are doing. Yeah, I'll tell you, like Morgan said earlier, it's not just a vet. You know once they go through then spouse significant another and their school age children, it is a ripple effect. And making a positive impact, in all of them, and all the people they touch, it's wow. amazing because that, it they, it's, it helps support the community. Family, that's that's yeah. what a family is.
2: Yeah. I, a minute, I give you what you not what you want, what you need to survive, to help you get through with this. And I don't charge. We don't charge anything. <laughs> I mean, that's how you build it. That's how you build that trust. And just like, hey, look, I just want you to get better. I don't want anything else from you. Oh, on the way here, no change the phone, world.
4: I got a phone call from uh, active duty guy. And the army in Fort Hood that went through the program seeing if he could refer his buddy to sign up. So we do take some active duty guys that they're wanting to identify and start working on the issues that they have before they EAS.
2: Oh, uh, we got programs for that too. We got some underground programs for the guys that are still in. Yeah.
4: That no nobody you know, knows about nobody yeah, knows what they're talking about, they
2: talk about and they're set up and they're just kinda of for them dudes.
4: That's it. We right, do right. the same thing.
2: That's truly a blessing to see as we go through this. You, know, you can see it when, you, well, how everything's starting to reconnect. Like we're pulling them strings back up on those boots, tightening everything back up. It's like everybody had to go their own certain way to figure out what was unique and how we could do this. Like each individual operator had to go through one little thing that, that would kind of, I don't know, present as a weakness to us. Is the best way I can say it, right? Like, what, and they had to figure it out, and they do. They do. We do. We do. And then everyone starts talking. And that's been, you want to talk about forming a grid, uh, that putting that military uniform back together, that whole network and how it works. And it doesn't take a lot. It only takes a handful of them to start talking. Because then, you know, by the separation, he turns around I and mean, those I mean, countless military guys. You do too. So do you. I mean, so I mean, we turn around. All i do just say one thing. And we, the cool thing about us, we usually pass the word right because our lives depend on it. That's right. I mean, through
4: everybody, we have enough combined experience to cover almost any aspect of everything.
2: I can't believe it. I was like, I don't know why vets don't unionize, because we're in everything. Yeah. <laughs> that is <laughs> you true. You know what I'm talking about? I, I, I don't, we were studying something, and I was like, do, do, the, do we have, like, is there a uniform services union? Is there like a, is there, Do we have something, like our own little crew? And they're like, nope. I'm like, probably too powerful. We're in everything. <laughs> I'm talking about the crazy, some bitches you don't even know were in the military, right? Like they had the obscure job you never even heard of that exists. That when they get out, they got more. It's funny, <laughs> man. I run into some guys that they're like, man, what do you do? And they're like, oh, I'm in charge of this. And I'm like, I thought so and so. He's like, well, no, that's who covers it. But I'm the one that runs that sucker, yeah. right? And when we run into the, and they're all our brothers and sisters. They're the ones that got tasked to do that. So it's. It's something, man, when you finally step back. Because when we're young, the ego goes with the uniform, right? It's usually we're just j- going at each other. But, like, when you step back and, and really we get older and everything slows down, you start to really appreciate how smooth that dude is. And what he gets done, man, it's, a, it's, a, it's almost worth going through all the crap. Actually, you know, I the truth. Yeah. it's worth going through all the pain we had to go through just to see him shine like that. Get you peace of mind. What's yeah. up, man? Hell, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, it was hard, man. If, you know, but that's how we – that's the cloth we were cut. You know, the boss upstairs, he has his own set of kids, man. And while some bitches like us keep outside, we're still covered down on, though. It's just a long-suffering part.
1: Well, guys, thanks for coming out, man. This, is, this has been a great conversation. Drop the website for us one more
5: time, social media channels, all that fun stuff. Lonesurvivorfoundation.org. Perfect, and then uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and uh, Instagram as well.
1: Perfect. I think that is ls underscore foundation on Instagram. I know they're really active there, so make sure you guys check them out. We'll have all the links in the bio, of uh, the description, in the show notes. So you guys make sure to check them out. See about the the gala, give if you guys feel led to give, and certainly share this information with a veteran that you know that could that could use it. Well, thanks, Sir. brother. Thank you. Yeah.